Previously on Myth Tarot Love, we examined the Emperor and Augustus. Today's show will focus on the Hierophant and the Hierophant. <laughs> Myth and Tarot, where do the ideas go? Let's talk about stories, cards, and symbols, and all of the above. Welcome to Myth Tarot Love, a show about ancient stories and new age wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Vivi, your expert in classics. And I'm Rose, your resident tarot practitioner. Hi, Rose. Hello. It's good, it's good to be here. Uh, so today we're talking about the Hierophant. And the Hierophant. And the Hierophant, <laughs> yeah. Apparently there is some Greek mythology also called the Hierophant. Technically not mythology, technically history. Oh. Which is kind of cool. Oh, that's, so, that's even better. <laughs> I guess this is back to back because we talked about Augustus yesterday, or not yesterday, last Last, week. last time. Last time. Last time. Um, <laughs> and so now I get to continue on with that a little bit and still talk about real people that's yeah it's good it's good um we also have a rant for you today so uh, excited. We, because we, we just watched what wonder woman <laughs> yes <laughs> we just watched wonder woman so we have a little bit of a rant associated with it but um i also really liked it and i think everyone should go see it i absolutely <laughs> agree and before we start talking about it i'll say when we're going to talk about it because then if you don't want any spoilers yeah that'll be the time to turn it, well like we're not gonna, <laughs> we're definitely not going to spoil like the storyline or no, anything just like but... the the introduction and everyone should know like wonder woman's origin stories anyways right? exactly yeah 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 so like yeah we're, we just we're just going to talk about wonder woman's origin stories that's all yes <laughs> and by we i mean all bitty all bitty <laughs> The, the um, classics expert is going to talk about Wonder Woman's origin stories. Okay, so today we are talking about the Hierophant, which is, you know, uh, kind of another one of those male energy cards, but um, not exactly like, not as much as the Emperor was. Um, he kind of represents the spirit aspect of like, body, mind, and spirit. Um, he has a lot of other names. He is sometimes called the the Pope and often also called the High Priest. So you have kind of like a High Priestess leading the way for the Empress and the Emperor, and then the High Priest is, you know, taking up the rear. Is there a difference between like the Hierophant, the High Priest, and like I've seen as the Pope sometimes? Um, yeah, I think the main difference is just based off of like beliefs um <laughs> yeah it, it like it's a card about belief systems okay. right so i i think it's more just like in some decks some people might find it easier to associate uh the the head of a belief system with a title called the high priest okay. right so like if you have a deck that's more christian for example mm -hmm. you might have the the, the, pope. the the pope or a high priest yeah, yeah. okay um, as the influence, but the Hierophant really is supposed to be, is, is the original name, and it doesn't, I, I'm going to say that in this case, this is one of the few cards where, like, changing the name doesn't really affect it as much. <laughs> um, there are other other cards that do change, I think, a lot when you change their name, but... But this one's kind of steady. Yeah. Um, I think if the main change that occurs is that the Hierophant is a lot about secrets, 
and secret societies and secret mm-hmm. beliefs, whereas like a high priest is it's more out in the open. Okay. But he still has that meaning. Yeah. Um, like a high priest very much preaches, you know, <laughs> preaches the belief systems, makes it known, right? Whereas a hierophant is more of like a quiet teacher, um, and he teaches only those who are ready to learn. Okay. So he doesn't just kind of spread the knowledge around to whoever will listen. He only he, he chooses the students based off of how ready they are. Hmm. Um, yeah. That's pretty cool. Um, so are you going to talk about secret society? Yeah, I was thinking Society. about that. Yeah. Uh, so like <laughs> the Hierophant, yeah, he is the leader of a secret society. Um, so I wanted to kind of have a, a little bit of a rant myself. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of a rant about um, how I don't really think that like secret societies are out to get us. Like I, I, there's a lot of people out there and, you know, power to you. For um, for for searching out all of those conspiracy theories, and I do like I love I love a good conspiracy theory. I gotta say they're they're very entertaining to me. Um, but I don't I just I can't get caught up in all the fear <laughs> that's associated with it. So I wanted to kind of like offer perhaps another perspective to secret societies and like maybe they're secret because they're hunted down and like killed, <laughs> right? That's, yeah. Like, a lot of times, especially with, like, people who have, like, kind of counterculture beliefs, like, mm-hmm. um, I mean, you know, there, there's a lot of a lot of different belief systems I could probably name, like, a lot of pagan belief systems, like, maybe the ones that led to the tarot, for example, yeah. right, that have been, like, really villainized and um, pursued throughout history, and... So the Hierophant isn't really, like, he's he's definitely not, like, an evil leader or at all. And he has no ill will for, he has no ill will for humanity in general. Mm-hmm. He just understands that not everyone is ready to hear what he has to say. And he's willing to wait and pass down the knowledge to any willing student who will actually seek him out. Like, he has this patience about him that, like, it doesn't matter that no one necessarily like that that not everyone knows what it is he's talking about and Mm -hmm. what he believes and um because he knows that there will always be a willing student right there's always going to be someone that he can actually pass this information down and he knows that one day maybe this information will be more useful to people um, and he just he's just waiting for society to be ready. <laughs> right? He's just or for the right student to yeah, come. Yeah, he's waiting way. for the the right circumstances. He's um, you know kind of similar to the high priestess who also waits. Um, she's not really one of action. Where the hierophant is more associated with action. So he, that's what I meant okay. by like the male energy, right? He's not um, he's not as male as like the emperor (laughs) um who's all about you know imposing his will and doctrine and everything but the hierophant definitely has rules and structure and like a whole system of beliefs that he very much adheres to um i sometimes also think of him like as the unwritten rules of society okay so like a lot of times i will like a deck that i use has the high priest as opposed to the hierophant and a lot of times he shows up to pretty much tell me like hey you should probably think about like how what you do affects others (laughs) because there's sometimes that I will get into a situation where 
I don't necessarily pick up on social cues. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the high priest comes in to say, hey, there's, there are rules here. There's, there's societal laws that everyone kind of abides by, and you should probably know them and so, obey. <laughs> so like the unwritten rules, maybe not the secretive rules? Well, or yeah, like unwritten. They're not. It's not so much that it's a secret; it's that they're not spoken of. Okay, they're more like hidden rules, slightly hidden rules, things that mm. we pick up along the way when we're ready to learn them. Okay, like you don't, you're not gonna sit a child down and like list off all of the rules for them to memorize, and mm-hmm. then you know, and then eventually punish them for not knowing. You, you say, okay, okay don't chew with your mouth open elbows off the table like you do it as they're doing it um okay like like as it comes up exactly you instruct them as it comes up so that they know um they learn when the situation comes so that's the whole idea that the teacher appears when the student is ready okay so this (laughs) is more like saying that like so say if someone gets this in a reading mm-hmm. then they're the student that's ready to be taught or are they the teacher that's ready to teach someone it can mean both it depends okay. on how it appears right like if uh there's a lot of other cards that are more student um oriented so i would say that if this card appears as as yourself for example then that could mean that you are the t- you're a teacher and then you're ready to impart your knowledge on others but it can also appear as um, like a helper, okay. and then you're like, okay, well, maybe you have a teacher over here, or there's like some sort of rule system or belief system that can help you in this in this particular case. Hmm. Yeah. So uh, other things he represents, like I should probably describe what he looks like yeah. a little bit, <laughs> uh, as we as we normally do. Um, yeah. So he is also sitting on a throne, which shows his power he's sitting between two columns which are of roman architecture <laughs> it well, kind of looks like the roman architecture it looks kind of like a mix between corinthian and doric it's it's neither though it's neither though it's like some sort of combination it's like a hybrid yeah because <laughs> it has like the florals but it also has the caps on the top so yeah i would say someone's just like oh, i'm just gonna draw this as a column and uh, so something that is kind of interesting is that he has two people at his feet that are, are almost kind of hidden at first. Like <laughs> I thought you, they were cushions. You thought they were cushions? <laughs> they look like people to me. <laughs> like, no, they don't. No, yeah. they're, they're people. I see their heads. I just thought because yeah. like their outfits are so floral and I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, they they're are. just like some cushions. Uh, yeah. Like so one of them is wearing an outfit of roses. The other is wearing an outfit of lilies, you know. Also, once again, you've got those roses and lilies coming forth um, that have been in a lot of other symbolism uh, of the cards before them. Uh, You have two keys that are crossed at his feet. And I think that's a very, like, powerful symbol there is that he holds the key to knowledge Mm -hmm. um, and that it's embedded, like, below his feet, um, kind of symbolizing that... Uh, everything he says is kind of above these keys. Um, and once you've entered his realm, you are pretty much going to learn. You're going to you're gonna learn something. He's like the keeper <laughs> of the secret. Like keeper of the keys almost. Exactly. Keeper uh-huh. of the keys, keeper of the secrets. Um, he's kind he's of a Hagrid. gatekeeper. Oh, yeah. 
keeper of keys and oh my gosh i've never thought of hagrid as a hierophant that's so funny but he is kind of a hierophant because he doesn't like he doesn't push his his understanding of animals on other or like beasts i should call them like Mm -hmm. magical beasts on others but when they're ready he teaches them he does and he keeps all the keys and the secrets for dumbledore oh my gosh mind blown mind blown I was not expecting that. Sorry. <laughs> I never thought of her. Oh my god, Hagrid is the Hierophant. Um, okay, more about the Hierophant. He's wearing this bright red gown. Um, there's a lot of crosses. There's crosses on his feet. There's cross. He's got three crosses um, on kind of the the strip that runs down the middle of his gown. Um, the you know it's got uh, he's got a staff with a major crown as well like a three-tiered crown that's massive mm-hmm. uh, i think the crown is also representing his kind of con- spiritual connection okay. um it almost looks like the crown kind of looks a little bit like a pine cone as well um which pine cones kind of often symbolize um otherworldly knowledge if you will <laughs> like yeah. imagination but more like intuitive understanding and the fact that it's like Presented so in in such a physical manner on top of his head is kind of also symbolizing his greater understanding and also his um, his rightfulness to being the the keeper of it. Mm-hmm. Right? In Assyrian art, the um, the pine cone represents fertility. Oh, fertility! So, yeah. Well, there you go. Like, um, so that's one of the reasons why I was kind of like hesitant to say he was like purely a male. Um, a male representative because like there aren't a lot of male symbols actually in this card when I look at it like um even his face like it could be it could be either or that's true it's kind of androgynous in that yeah. sense but I feel like the the throne and the amount of stone is kind of reminiscent of the emperor that we looked at it before. is yeah like there's a lot of stone there's a lot yeah. of structure involved um a lot of straight lines a lot of mm-hmm. um a lot of of kind of the emperor qualities about it are once again brought forward here um and there, you also have this like balancing about it because uh it, it is symmetrical as well like perfectly symmetrical this right. card um which kind of talks about the nature of balancing spirit with the physical and uh, the yin and yang aspect, all of that yeah. comes together. That's really funny because, mm-hmm. like I said, with the pine cone, there's a specific piece of art that I'm thinking of that has um, it's Asher Nazarpal and the sacred tree, and it's mm-hmm. also reflected. Like you have the king on either side of this tree, and you have a genie behind him, like combing his hair with a pine cone. It looks like, but it's just again a symbol of fertility and of like blessing. Wow! So you're right. As I look at that, it you can see like that ref, the kind the of reflection. reflection happening. Yeah, so that's neat. That is cool. Like it, it's also cool. Like this is number five as well, which is in itself a very reflective number. Like it's a symmetrical number. Mm, um, true. Uh, five in, in, in mm. Roman numerals. Yeah. I mean, like the V. Um, and it's presented at the top. Like this card is almost entirely a reflection of itself, except for his arms, which are directing the people before him. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so the Hierophant. I would love to hear about the Hierophant in 
in in the myths and the stories. In the stories, yeah. So I'm really excited to talk about it because I, more than any of the other ones, I think that we've talked about so far. I feel like this is where they got the idea of the Hierophant. Okay. Um, and that's why I laugh when I say it is the Hierophant. So <laughs> something I would like to start doing is doing like a word of the week, either a Greek or Latin term. So I get to... Extra learning. Extra learning. Packed I'm into everything. All about. So, <laughs> so the word for today is Hierophant. <laughs> or the Greek... Uh, the Greek version is uh, hierophantes. So what's interesting is that hieros means sacred and phanion means to show or reveal. So the hierophante, her, hierophant literally means the shower of sacred things. Whoa, like which, the revealer of secrets. Yeah, exactly. And so Hagrid also revealed to Harry that he was a wizard. <laughs> this is true. Okay, next time I'm watching Harry Potter, I, like that's all I'm going to think And I'm like, you're the hierophant. <laughs> You show him. Because, yeah, he's a teacher, but, I mean, he cannot spell worth anything. Which, I mean, I'm not yeah. a great speller either, but still. <laughs> okay, so. What a humble teacher he is. He oh, is. He's wonderful. Okay. All right. Go on. So, the Hierophant um, is a person, um, like, in general, is a person, especially a priest in ancient Greece, who interprets sacred mysteries or esoteric principles. So, mm-hmm. You look it up. I think that was like the Wikipedia definition. But the more I looked into it, the more I realized that, especially when looking at Demeter and the cult of Demeter at Eleusis, um, the Hierophant was the high priest of this cult. Oh, yeah. Okay. So Eleusis, um, if you haven't heard of it, it's about 14 miles or 22 kilometers west of Athens. So it's within a long walk. But it's, yeah. they, they, would, <laughs> they would travel there. Um, and that was the place of Demeter and Persephone's secret. I don't want to say secret cult. It, their cult, but what they did was secretive in that no one knows mm-hmm. because where like how the temple was it was all enclosed and so when you would go inside it would be pitch black and you would just have the torchlight and so you couldn't really see anything um but it would be the hierophant who would show maybe not visually but I'm like using yeah. quotation marks, like show, <laughs> reveal the secrets. Show, quote unquote. <laughs> yeah, the um, secrets. Yeah. Yeah. So again, it was super secretive. Um, secrecy was imposed on all the initiates and was strictly enforced. Um, so to keep them silent forever, uh, about they had to keep silent about what they saw and heard during this celebration. Um, There's actually a really cool example, again, a historic example when Alcibiades who's an elite Athenian citizen, he shared some of the intimate acts um, when he was drunk, (laughs) and then he was condemned, and his property was confiscated, and all the priests and priestesses of the state were called upon to place curses on him. So, like, you can't, like, that's how secret, like, you cannot say anything to anyone, or else they're gonna mess you up. Oh, yeah. Well, maybe that's where, like, some of these conspiracy theory ideas come from, too, right? Like... That's that sounds a little frightening. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, so this cult, the cult itself, is really old and it has been connected to Demeter and 
Persephone from its inception. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was even mentioned within the hymn to Demeter. So I know I didn't talk about it too much with Demeter, but near the end of that hymn um, Mm -hmm. is when she mentions that um, to the people of Eleusis and to a specific family, she told them about the harvest and about like her secrets and things. Um, So then getting back to the Hierophant, the Hierophant again was a high priest of the cult of Demeter at Eleusis. Mm -hmm. He held this office for life. Oh, but he could marry like like the Pope, like the, exactly. Yeah, so that makes yeah. sense why they have he has those three names. Like <laughs> definitely, yeah. yeah. So he held it for life, um, and but he could marry. He just mm-hmm. had to remain chaste during the celebrations. Oh, okay. Um, so he was also so he was the one to complete the initiation process, and he proclaimed the holy truce and sent messages all over the Greek world, inviting them to participate in this celebration. He was also the interpreter of the unwritten and ancestral laws that governed the celebration. And finally, he was in charge of the sanctuary and responsible for the celebration itself. So, like, everything to do with the mysteries and with... With secret things, but also, like, with church things and traditions and ceremonies. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't actually mention that very much, but the Hierophant is sometimes he'll he'll appear to let you know that maybe you have something to learn from tradition um or from like going through a ceremony Mm -hmm. um like he can he can appear actually as like um a a helper during a marriage for example as well like something that involves a ceremony or traditional um belief system yeah (laughs) that's cool yeah yeah which is basically what he is he's keeping all of these laws and all of these Things that aren't necessarily written down, but they're just passed on from generation to generation. I am so blown away by like how exact that is. Like, there is no. This is why I was freaking out. Yeah, you're like, oh man, this is exactly the card. Yeah. <laughs> um, uncanny. Okay, let's see how are you, how are we doing on time. Uh, we got time for our rant. Oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> we have yeah. time for a Wonder Woman rant. A Wonder Woman rant. Yes. Um, okay. I'm gonna forget things, but that's okay. <laughs> Well, we want we just want to talk about her origin story mostly. Yes, mostly yeah. just the origin story. Really enjoyed the movie. You know, like there are definitely like decisions that were made to appease a larger audience. Um, I could I could tell, but mm-hmm. on the, on the whole, like it was it was really great to watch. It was <laughs> like, it was very enjoyable, even mm-hmm. just from. Like going to the movies and relaxing and watching I think you something. Can, you can really, really tell good. that it's like directed by a woman because there's so many like scenes where I normally would have like cringed that I didn't feel like I needed to. Mm-hmm. Like, um, and I was just so happy to not cringe during a movie. Like, yeah, <laughs> so I happy. cringed. A couple. Okay, so this there is were a couple. Like, well, like the origin stories. Yeah. Well, okay. not just that. It was, okay, so this is okay. why I will say prepare that if, for the lightning round. Prepare for the lightning round. Prepare um, that if you don't want any. I don't know if I'll give away any spoilers, but just in case, if you're really like, I don't want to know anything. This yeah. Is where you okay. Can, now you can. You can. You can. You can, you can stop. We'll talk yeah. about the lovers next. <laughs> okay. Bye. Okay. <laughs> okay. If you're still listening, uh, that's awesome. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, so, I don't know, there were some cringe-worthy things. I feel like just, they kept calling her woman a bunch of times, and that yeah. made me upset. I'm like, you know her name. Her name's Diana. Just say her name. They also had to, like, mention that she was beautiful, like, multiple times. Yes. And I was like, okay, yeah, I get it. She's stunning. Yeah, I know. I want to have sex with her. She's great. <laughs> like, but, like, move on. And I know. there's more to her than just Obviously, that. yeah. So. And, like, her motivation so for so much of the movie was, like, I am a warrior, I'm a warrior, and... Like, I loved that. Yes. Um, 
you know, and I loved her, her almost like innocence in approaching our society and mm-hmm. being like, what, why, that doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense. And like, it's, it, it's, it was nice. Anyways, it go was on. nice. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Oh, <laughs> uh, sorry. I want to, I want to hear the, the bitty rant. Okay. So the thunder because... bitty lightning round. So, because <laughs> as it, so I know a little bit, so I've done research before about Wonder Woman because her name is Diana. My actual name is Diana. So <laughs> I'm like, of course I want to like learn more about Wonder Woman. Yeah. And so some of the things that they had said are accurate to her origin story from the comics, which I think is fantastic. And I like when they stay true to it in mm-hmm. that sense. The part that got me frustrated is when they were describing the war with the gods and... Which wasn't in the comics. Like, which I don't... I, oh, I don't is know that in sure. the comics? That I don't know for sure, but just yeah. how she was created if in... Comic fans who are listening, <laughs> yes, please let us know if this is in the comics. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> it was frustrating. <laughs> it, was, it was frustrating for me, mostly because, yeah. again, they said that, you know, Ares, god of war, which is true, he got mad at the gods and decided to, like, ha- go to war with them and kill them all. And I'm like, you can't kill a god. Like, that no, was my first... He kills uh, Zeus? What? Uh, like, <laughs> yeah. I was just really frustrated because I'm like, no, they're immortal. And this is one of the things that I, again, always tell my students, like, even when the gods and the titans, this is in mythology now, Mm -hmm. when they fought, they didn't kill them. They had to imprison them in the underworld because they're immortal. (laughs) You cannot kill them. So it got me frustrated that... Yeah, they're like killing oh, gods yeah. left, right, and center. There's no and more like, gods now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which I mean, that is kind of an interesting way to explain why we don't have gods. But like anymore. one of one of Diana's but. catchphrases, like one of Wonder Woman's catchphrases, mm-hmm. is "Hera, give me strength." Yes, right. Yeah. Like I've definitely seen that happen a lot in mm-hmm. the comics, where she'll like call to Hera and stuff, yeah. and like, oh, but in this movie, Hera's dead. Hera, exactly. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. And they also like only showed like the male gods fighting. Like I didn't really see any female gods fighting. <laughs> yeah, they didn't. Like yeah. I, I felt like, but artistically how they showed it was kind of interesting. But yeah, they didn't mm-hmm. show the female gods fighting. They showed the Amazons, which that I really did enjoy seeing the Amazons fighting and training and that sort of thing. But I did think it was funny that they were created to create peace and love, and they're just like these badass like fighting. <laughs> I'm like, and like you know, you see them like killing men, at, like at at the in the dozens, right? Yeah, and you're just yeah. like, oh yes, you do create peace and love. Yeah, <laughs> just peace and love by killing all, love. all the people. We'll, we'll we'll create peace and love by killing you all. Yes, <laughs> any yeah. who oppose us, any who come to our island mm-hmm. are dead. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. So for me, that was the most <laughs> frustrating part. Again, was the inaccuracies with the gods. But what I did like was how they explained her origin story just because or like how she was born which is basically Mm -hmm. um her mom hippolyta fashioned her out of clay and then in this version zeus breathed life into her and that's how she was created and i love that because that's actually the pandora story that's how pandora was created so that's actually how the first woman was created according to hesiod that's awesome which is great but it was And another version, again, for Wonder Woman, I heard, is that Aphrodite actually breathed life into her. And Aphrodite gave her her... Uh, not her her bracelets. Bracelets? Yeah, her... Bracelets in the last... Gauntlets. Year. I think uh, yeah, yeah, called gauntlets. Yeah. yeah. So I like, I like that version that she was completely created 
by, by a woman wi- by women and women goddesses and mm-hmm. she has that energy i think she has a lot of feminine energy and i was reading an article before um seeing the movie and i really liked the interpretation of the lasso because i didn't really get it i'm like why would they have that like why would Mm -hmm. they need something to make someone have to be truthful and the way that they described it was that it's not the lot or the lasso is supposed to represent the feminine kind of how we can get people to Tell us the truth or how we're able oh. to like pull things out of out of people out of by people like by our like charm, I guess. <laughs> oh, I've never heard that before, but yeah. like I, I would I would call that probing questions. <laughs> like probing I guess so, yeah. probing questions. Or by being like not right. seductive per se, but just that we're yeah, we're able to get information out of people. And so they decided to have like an actual physical representation of that in the lasso. Well, I definitely I know cool. many a handsome boy who's been able to get me to <laughs> uh, say, say more than I meant to. It's true. It's true. <laughs> uh, like my husband. <laughs> like our first few dates were pretty much just like, oh shit, I didn't mean to say that. Damn your face. Why Damn your honest? face. Why is it so pretty? <laughs> And I guess since these are, like, male writers, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it would make sense. And like you said, I also yeah. like that. I didn't realize that it was a female director. Mm-hmm. So I like that as well. I like. I definitely like more than I didn't like. It was just the beginning <laughs> where I, like, turned to our friend and I'm just, like, shaking my head like, <laughs> no. I, I definitely kept, like peering over to like see what your reaction was to the screen and I was just like this is awesome yeah <laughs> she's gonna have such a good rant <laughs> you're like and a letdown no oh and that was another thing oh near the end when when the spoilers, bad person spoilers spoilers, spoilers spoilers when the bad person I'm not gonna there's say there's always who a bad is, person there's a bad person started using lightning like as their weapon and I'm like that's Zeus's power you can't just use <laughs> you can't, just, use you can't just do that if that's not like what your power is like no <laughs> but it uh, made for a really good spectacle it did it, it made for a good fight scene right? yeah it made for a good fight scene and I can't yeah. be too mad at it but that's what I mean by like decisions that were made to please a larger audience mm-hmm. rather than you know a few diehard fans perhaps yeah. <laughs> uh yeah. And, you know, I'm not a movie maker. I think that's probably something that a lot of movie makers struggle with. It's like, how much do I want to be true to my art versus how much do I want to bring in money? And yeah, I, I, or, just, I wish that they didn't have to make that choice because I feel like if you're really just true to your art and true to everything you want to do with it, you don't have to make that decision. You don't, but if you're DC, I'm thinking, yeah, maybe. or like Marvel, and they're going to have to do the money making thing. Yeah. And, you know, it's just, it's so refreshing anyways to see a character who is, at least at first, not entirely motivated by um, yeah. either children or, or men. Yeah. <laughs> and for, like, the, like, the vast yeah. majority of the movie. And I liked seeing mm-hmm. a woman kick ass. Like, I grew up watching Buffy. That was my, and mm-hmm. it still is my all-time favorite TV show. And so yeah. seeing her... Veronica Mars for the win. Oh, okay, <laughs> there we go. Yeah. So yeah. seeing her like really kick ass, it made me happy and nostalgic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So okay. Um, so that has been our it's our show. Today. That's been our show today. We we had a, a nice good rant about Wonder Woman. Yay! I'm happy that we were able to talk about it though because yeah. I've been looking forward to this movie for so long. There's, so it's nice that we actually got to see it. And I want to go again. Well, yeah. Like, there's so many big box office movies that 
talk about classics too, but you know, their own interpretation of classics, but that seems to be kind of like the only way that the mass public seems to hear it nowadays. So. Yeah. yeah, unless they take myth classes, which <laughs> <laughs> that's my plug to take a classics course if you're in university or in college. Read I a mean, book. Read a book. Read a book. Yeah, read that, a book. That read might a be play. an introduction. Yeah, yeah. Maybe Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah, Wikipedia. If you if uh, if you can't afford the classes, yeah. but if you really love Wikipedia. Maybe Take you wanted to go further. Or continue <laughs> listening to this podcast. Or, or <laughs> yeah, you can also continue listening to us. Because <laughs> we'll be here for a while, <laughs> since there are many cards. Yes, there are. <laughs> okay, so thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, if you enjoyed the podcast, please tell your friends, or you can leave a review and some stars on iTunes. We're also now on Google Play. Hooray! <laughs> um, so it just helps other people to find the show. Um also, you can get in touch with us in email at mythtarotlove at gmail.com, or you can message me on social media. I am at Biddy Diana. And finally, um, you can also join our Facebook group, which is called the Myth Tarot Love Podcast, where you can communicate with us and fellow listeners. Yay! On our next show, um, we're going to be looking at the lovers and Odysseus and Penelope. Yeah! All right. (laughs) Um, Our parting words for today also come from the American Tarot Association. And it just talks about how the Hierophant has all these really strict belief systems and traditions. um, And he has this traditional way of doing things, right? However, when an idea is proven wrong, it's certainly time for a change. The true Hierophant is one who has a deep respect for his beliefs but who will not blindly follow them to his own ruin. Good words. Good words. Hmm. All right. Symbols and all of the above. Miss Terror.